you've chosen a good night to be in church. We've got some water baptisms, but I, I also think this message is uh, a message that can really change many lives tonight. So uh, open your hearts up to what God would want to say through uh, his word to each of us. Uh, let me start with this statement. It's impossible to live a positive life. It's impossible to live a positive life if you're always thinking negative thoughts. It's impossible to live a positive life if you're always thinking negative thoughts. So early in the summer, I was reading through the book of Genesis. And as I was reading through the book of Genesis, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit challenge me to talk about being blessed and keys to being blessed when we came to the month of September. And so, uh, Tonight, I'm going to do what I believe the Holy Spirit was talking to me about way back in July. Uh, and we're going to begin uh, by getting into the book of Genesis. But first, can we just pray? Let's pray together. Now, Father, nobody here needs to hear from me. But we all need to hear from you. So uh, come, Father God, come Holy Spirit, and speak to each one gathered in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first book in the Bible is Genesis, and Genesis records God's first activity uh, or known activity to mankind. And we get to Genesis chapter one, verses 27 and 28, and this is what we read. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them, and God blessed them. Wow. God makes us, and then what's the first thing God does after he has created us? What's the very first thing he does? He says, well, I gotta get my list together and make sure they're keeping all the rules. I'm gonna get that list out, that no lipstick list, and, and I better make sure they understand they're not supposed to dance unless when they're dancing they're singing Christian music. I got a bunch of things he's, no, he doesn't do that at all. He comes and he blesses them. He blesses them. And he says to them, so this blessing covers uh, two areas. He says to them, be fruitful and multiply. He's concerned that we're in relationship. He's concerned that there's people around us. Be fruitful, multiply. And then he also uh, gives us authority and dominion. Uh, 
over the fish and the birds and every living thing that moves on. So he blesses, God creates us and then God blesses us. What you believe about God is the single most important thing in your life. There's nothing more important in your life than what you believe about God. If you believe God doesn't exist, that affects how you live and everything you do. If you believe God's a meanie who's just out to take all the joy he possibly can from your life, if you believe that, then you're going to be withdrawing from God all the time because God's mean. If you understand that God's heart and God's desire for absolutely everyone is to bless you, It changes everything. What you believe about God is the single most important thing in your life. And the revelation we get of God's interaction with people right from the beginning, the first thing he does is he blesses us. Adam and Eve, first major characters of the book of Genesis. Let's move on in the book, and we get to Genesis chapter 9, and we're introduced there. Well, we're into the story a little bit already, but we, we, we get introduced to the second major character in the book of Genesis, Noah. And what does God do with Noah? God is really mean with Noah. It's nice to Adam, but no, God blesses Noah and his sons and says to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the... God blesses Noah. Third major character in the book of Genesis is Abraham. And what do we read about Abraham? Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and him who, you, who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be Blessed, are you getting the picture of God's heart towards mankind right at the beginning of history, right at the beginning of the story? What is God like? God blesses. God's not uh, some mean ogre in heaven trying to get you. God wants to bless you. 
What you believe about God is the single most important thing in your life. You need to understand that God wants to bless us. So what are some keys to uh, being blessed? Well, I think the first one is you must believe that God wants to bless you. You must believe that God wants to bless you. God blessed Adam, God blessed Noah, God blessed Abraham. God wants to Your life is shaped by your thoughts, and friends, you will never live a positive life if you're always thinking negative thoughts, and you think God is this guy carrying this great big sledgehammer. If you dare get a little bit off the sidewalk and get your foot on the grass, naughty, 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 he's gonna hit you hard with that sledgehammer because you're supposed to walk on it. If you think, God thinks of you that way, it's gonna affect how your life. God reveals himself right from the start as the God who wants to bless you. He blessed Adam, he blessed Noah, he blessed Abraham, and God wants to bless you. Honor God, you'll live in his blessing. God did not come to destroy you, and God has not come to make you miserable, friends. No, a thousand times, no. God has come to bless us. And so when you're looking at your life, there's something greater going on than you just got a few good breaks. It's the blessing of God in your life. It's the blessing of God. And when you get that, and when you understand that, everything changes, everything changes. When life feels like, boy, this is the pits. Uh, You're not shaken. Because in the hard times, you know you are under God's blessing. And when it feels like everybody's out to get you, nobody likes you, everybody hates you, you know better than that. Because if God is for you, nobody can be against you. You are under the blessing of God. You're under the blessing of God. I love the priestly blessing in uh, Numbers chapter six. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons saying, thus shall you bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall I put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Now the earlier part of Numbers chapter six is the Nazarite vow. And the Nazarite vow and taking the Nazarite vow is optional, it's a decision that individuals in Israel needed to take. Are they gonna take the Nazarite vow or not? It was optional. But we get here now and the Lord says to Moses, say this to bless the people of This is to everyone. This is not a choice. Whether the nation of Israel liked it or not, God was going to bless them. God was going to bless them. It's a blessing for everyone. Look at that verse. Six times in uh, verses 22 to 27. You, 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 you. Friends, hear me clearly tonight. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. The Hebrew word for bless uh, is barak. Barak. It's found in the New Te- in the Old Testament 415 times. So it's not a word that just shows up every once in a while. Why? Because God's a blesser, and it shows up 415 times in the Old Testament. And it has a very interesting meaning. Barak means to uh, kneel, to kneel down. It's talking about kneeling. I know it's easy to look at Pastor Don and I and think that the pastor you know and have known for the last 20 years has always been a lead pastor. But you know what? We started as a children's pastor. And I was pastoring children for a number of months and and a sweet saint came up to me and said, uh, Pastor John, you would you would be more effective with the kids. Not that you're doing a terrible job, Pastor, but you could be more effective with the kids if you would kneel down, look in their eyes, eye to eye, and face to face. So I started trying as much as possible when I was with the kids to remember to kneel down, get face to face, get close. God has baracked us 
God kneels down and gets as close as he possibly can. God sends his son down to earth. God sends his Holy Spirit, and in the most possible of intimacy, Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of us. God has knelt down. God has come close. God has barracked us. I don't know how it happened, but we had a pretty quiet evening at our house on Thursday. And and Donsey said, Pastor Donna said, uh, I, I PVR'd this movie by uh, uh, Tom Hanks called Otto. It's supposed to be good. Do you want to watch it? So we watched Otto, O-T-T-O, on Thursday evening. And it's really the love story of, of Otto and a shy little bit backward guy who uh, met a lady who just brought out the absolute best in him. Touching story worth watching, O-T-T-O. Next morning I got up to go for my regular walk and I'm I'm praying and somehow the movie Otto had generated some gratefulness and thankfulness in my heart. And one of the things the movie did was it showed how Otto had met his wife and how they got engaged and their dating times. And, and I thought about Donna and I and asked her to marry me and then I basically disappeared out of her life for nine months. Uh, she stayed behind in Thunder Bay and I went to Edmonton to do my uh, last year of Bible college. And our engagement was a long distance relationship. And I remember in October and November and December, this is a very feminine thing to do, but I would think 73 days till I see Donna, 72 days till I see Donna, 71 days till I, 70 days till, and on and on it went because it was a long distant relationship. Friends, you don't have a long distant relationship with God unless you've chosen to because God baraks us, God blesses us God kneels down. 
and he's always this close. So I couldn't wait to get on that plane to fly across the country so I could hold Donna's hand again, so I could hug Donna again. I wanted what I hadn't had for three months. Friends, I want you to understand God has already blessed you. And you don't need to fly anywhere to be in his presence. You don't need to go to anything to experience his presence and his blessing. God is right with you. As soon as my feet hit the ground in the morning, I am as close to God and feeling his presence as his blessing as much as when I get in a church service where God's spirit is moving. Well, God's spirit is moving as soon as I get up because I start to commune with him because he is there. It's an intimate relationship. God has blessed us. God has blessed us. God has knelt down. God is with us. God is with us. Numbers chapter uh, 6. And let me read those verses to you out of the Amplified Classic. The Lord bless you and watch and guard and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and enlighten you and be gracious, kind and merciful and giving favor to you. The Lord lift up his approval, approving countenance upon you and give you peace, tranquility of heart and life continually. That's the heart of God towards you, friends. That's what God wants you to live with and in. He blesses us. He blesses us. So we get this revelation of God in Genesis chapter 1. And what's God doing? He's, he's blessing Adam and Eve. And then the next guy on the scene, no, he's blessing Noah. And the next guy on the scene, Abraham, he's blessing Abraham. And then Jesus shows up. And what's the first words that come out of his mouth? Matthew chapter uh, 5 and verse 3. Blessed. What you think about God is really important, friends. We need a revelation that God wants to bless us. The first words that come out of Jesus' mouth are, are blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who have this poverty of spirit about them. This recognition of their great need of God. Psalm 131 and 
uh, verse number one, David is saying, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. He says, I'm not thinking I'm a big shot. I'm not thinking uh, about getting my thoughts on some high point. What's David saying here? There's a poverty of spirit in my life. I recognize my need of him. I recognize my need of him. Bill Johnson, and for some of you that may be a controversial uh, name, but pastors, the church, Bethel Church in Redding, California, he says what David is saying about Psalm 131 is, I don't involve myself in complicated matters. I just keep it simple. God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. Blessed are those who walk in a in a dependency, a reliance upon God. And then Jesus goes on and And he says in verse number four, Matthew chapter five, um, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And this is a little bit complicated because it it requires honesty and it also requires surrender. This honesty that says, boy, what I'm going through right now really sucks. This time in my life is a pain. I don't understand how you're letting this happen, God. There has to be that kind of honesty. But then there's this surrender in our mourning that says, but Lord, I recognize your favors upon my life. And I trust you in this and I'll walk with you in this. Blessed are those who mourn. Lean into God. They will be comforted. Hey, got to start wrapping things up here. Second key to living in God's blessing, to being blessed, is to recognize God blesses you to make you a blessing to others. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 7. Genesis 12 and verse 7, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a... Why does God bless us? So we get bigger boats and more shoes, more of this and more of that? The blessing of God is poured out on our lives so that we will be a blessing to others. Blessing ought to mark the life of believers. First Peter chapter three and uh, verse number nine. Do not repay evil for evil. That's not how we live. Or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, we do exactly the opposite. We bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. So when things are going a little wacky in your life, you don't get all, I got to get even here. You choose to 
blessed. This is what we, this is what we have been called to do. And when we learn to walk in this attitude of blessing, <laughs> uh, we obtain, we obtain a blessing. Uh, Reggie McNeil tells the story of one man who uh, went to Starbucks every day, and after going to Starbucks every day, he says, well, I should somehow let these people know that I'm a Christian. So every morning, he started to ask the barista, uh, how can I ask God to bless you? And for the first couple of weeks, every time he asked, how can I ask God to bless you? Uh, he wasn't getting much of a response. But after a little while, the barista began to warm up to him. And she began to ask him to pray for some things. And then the word kind of got out in Starbucks that if you're going through a hard time, that guy comes in in the morning, he's willing to pray that God would bless you. Talk to him. So he got a reputation for, for blessing. He was a part of the group at his church, and he said, this is what I've been doing at Starbucks, and why don't all of us start asking people how we can pray that God will bless them? So their group began to take it on to ask people when they're out and about, how can I be asked God to bless you? See, friends, and we talked about this at our staff meeting on Wednesday, uh, we don't get together to learn how to sing better and clap our hands better and the proper way to say hallelujah. That's not what we get together for. We get together to learn how to be the church when we leave this place. And here's this group that's going out and they're being a blessing. Pretty soon they got a, quite a reputation. So this guy went to a different Starbucks a few months later than the one he usually went to and he says, well, I'll do it here too. And he asked the barista, how can I pray that God will bless you? And this is, was her response. Are you part of that blessing group? You see, there were people coming in to bless them all the time. I think the church, as much as we're blessed by God, needs to recognize that we have been blessed to be a blessing to others. And what a difference it would be in our city, in Warman and Dalmany and Osler and Martinsville. If they saw Christians coming and they're saying, oh, there's those mean guys with all those rules who are against everything. What a difference it would be if we had the reputation that, wow, look who's coming. And they're coming to bless me. Coming to bless me. Over 20 years ago, we had our second
big staff meeting since I had come back then. We used to invite all the deacons and all the elders and the staff was smaller and all the spouses. And at this uh, second uh, meeting on Last Mountain Lake, retreat center on that lake, we were trying to figure out what we were supposed to do as a church what we were supposed to be known for, what we were supposed to be identified as. We talked about it Friday night, and I made them get in groups and come back with an answer for uh, Saturday morning, and uh, they came back with answers, but forgive me, they just weren't good enough. Of course we're supposed to love God. That's a given. We're going to be a church that teaches the Of course we're going to teach the scriptures. That's a given. We went back and forth to groups all day Saturday. It's time to go home because we had church on Sunday. No Saturday church back then. And we're leaving and we still don't know what to do. And... Uh, I haven't usually, in telling this story, identified the person who spoke up. But uh, I can brag a bit now because you won't have to listen to me forever anymore. But our daughter-in-law, Danielle, who's on the second row there, said, you know what I really want to be a part of? I want to be a part of a church that if it burned to the ground and word got out in our church family the next morning, the church family would be in the parking lot grieving, but there would be just as many people from the community grieving too because we'd made a difference in their lives. And that has driven the neighborhood church. Thank you, Danielle. That has driven the neighborhood church for the last 20 plus years. This is not about us. This is not about us. We're here to be a blessing. We're here to <laughs> kneel down <laughs> help people see Jesus clearly. We're not the high and lifted up holier than all the rest of you people. We're the kneel down people. And so... God begins to bless us and we grow and we start Saturday church and now we've got a venue in Warman, North Point. And last Sunday afternoon, the, the North Point leadership with all the great people who are part of North Point put on afternoon in the park and while we had a great time 
and I, if I could tell you stories without betraying confidences, I could could tell you some stories that would turn your heart. Next slide. There's good things happening in the North Point Venture. You see, the neighborhood church isn't just what's happening in this building. There's some really amazing things happening in Warman. And the reason good things are happening in Warman is because we're doing what we've been doing here. <laughs> we're doing our best to have church and add value. At the same time, maybe God's calling some of you to be a part of of North Point. Oh, I don't want to be part of North Point. They don't have as many people and it's not as... It's not about us getting blessed. It's about us being a, a blessing. And friends, maybe God's speaking to some of you about getting out of the boat a little bit and strengthening that venue. You see, we're not people who ever live for ourselves. We are people who bless. God came and, and blessed, and we represent him best when we're blessing. So let me end with this, and there's probably a slide that has this on it somewhere. I think I missed it. But, you know, the first thing Jesus did when he spoke up was he blessed. The first thing God did in Genesis 1 was he, he blessed can I read to you the last thing Jesus did while he was on earth? Would you stand with me as I read it to you? Everybody listen to this. This to me is phenomenal. He led them out as far as Bethany, that's Jesus, his disciples, and he lifted up his hands, and lifting up his hands he bless them and while he blessed them he parted from them and was carried up into how did Jesus begin his ministry he blessed how did he end his ministry he blessed how do we live I think if we're going to be like Jesus if we're going to be like God we need to recognize God has blessed us, but we need to take the blessing he has given us and be a blessing wherever we can be.